Oh, you put the music down because you thought I was going to talk there? Hey, everybody. Welcome to Hebsey on Sports episode number Tyler Myers, Johan Santana, Clay Matthews Sr., and Steve Howe. No, not the guitarist for Yes. Not that Steve Howe. The one who was suspended nine times by Major League Baseball. He wore number 57. We're proudly brought to you by John Vassos, one of the top mortgage brokers in the country. John and his team will get you the best rates and the quickest turnaround points with little or no hassle. And you know what, Mike? If you're looking to renovate, that's Toronto Mike over there, John can arrange for a second mortgage at a much lower rate than you're paying at the banks. Because you know you're going to have to incur penalties, and you don't want to be doing that. So contact John Vassos today, john.vassos at mortgagescout.com, and tell him Hebsey sent you. Today on the show, have you ever entered a 50-50 draw at a sporting event? Yeah? How'd that go? Wait till you hear what happened at a Vancouver Canucks game recently. You're going to die. Are a rash of uh, concussions causing problems for youth football? Yeah. It's like body checking in hockey at a certain age. It's a no-no in some jurisdictions, and in others, it's it's nowhere close to a no-no. Hit them harder, is what the parents are saying. Brett Favre thinks it's a problem. I'll play an interview I did with a former NFL Pro Bowler who took his own life because of repeated blows to the head. And his family doesn't want young football players to go through what he did. Oh, Eric Carlson, is he looking forward to going to Ottawa? Not exactly. Ah, man, what a story that is. Don't ask about William Nylander, please. And are you ready for $1 hot dogs at Blue Jays games next year? A buck! It's all ahead, but first, our trivia question brought to you by Speaking of Hot Dogs and Speaking of Beef and Speaking of Delicatessen Stuff, Panzer's Original Deli, only two players in NBA history have won the scoring title and the assist title in the same season. Name the two players and name the team that they each played for when they accomplished the feat, won the scoring title and the assist title. So I can tell you this, they, they, they held the rock a long time. They were in possession of that ball a lot on those teams. If you were leading the team in scoring, leading the league in scoring and assists. The answer and a backstory a little later on the show. Trivia brought to you by Panthers Original Deli. Get your orders in for your holiday party. Panthers would love to cater your affair. Call Lorne at 416-636-1230 and tell him Hebsey sent you. PantsersOriginalDeli.com. So, as they're in the midst of blowing a 15-point lead last night, and Raptors fans, collective sphincters are <laughs> squeezed. Oh, God, not Durant. Please don't not don't let Kevin Durant get the ball. Don't let him get the ball. First of all, the guy's seven feet tall, 6'11". He shoots over everybody. It doesn't matter who's guarding him. There's nobody the Raptors have that he shoots over them. He's just a fantastic player. Thank God. Thank God they didn't have Steph Curry. Thank God they didn't have Draymond Green, or they would have beaten the Raptors. But they weren't in the lineup. What are you going to do? you got to play the game if you want to be the best You've got to beat the best. But with those other guys in the lineup, maybe Durant doesn't decide to be the guy because he was unconscious at the end of that game. He crazy. was hitting crazy threes. That 51. 51. Just he was the unbe- ball. He was and, unbelievable. Right. So, you know, you get that guy, and look, he's a great man. I could watch that guy play all day. He's fantastic. But when he plays for the opposition and he's got the ball in his hands, like Kyrie Irving a few years ago in the overtime loss to Boston, you're just cringing. And you need a guy on your team to step up and do it. And see, the Raptors have not been shooting well lately, yet they're 19-4. and four, I know, I know. Right? I know. And okay, you didn't have Steph and you didn't have Draymond, but you got to beat KD. The guy can play. KD. And Clay Thompson yeah. is a fabulous... He, he went cold for a while there, but he's a good defender, too. These guys are good. And Iguodala, look, you're talking about the two-time defending NBA champions, right? These guys are not... You know, they're not chopped liver. And even without those two guys, they're well-coached. They know each other well. 
You know, Kawhi Leonard is still learning um, Kyle Lowry, and Fred Van Vliet is still learning Jonas Valanciunas, and, you know, this move, and whoever the second unit is, and CJ is playing, is not playing. What about, uh, you know, DeLon? So the, the Raptors are still gelling, as they like to say. They're gelling. They're it not, really does hey, feel. And, and they've won seven in a row. So they, they are gelling. So they won. Uh, it feels like this team, uh, yeah, the the best is yet to come. Yeah, like this, they don't even seem to be playing at their best, and that's right. an incredible record. But Kevin Durant, really briefly, because that what a game it felt felt like a playoff game, didn't it feel? How about uh, seven? How about a, how about seven of those games? How about come the spring? The Raptors but no win Steph the Curry and no 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 uh, no, no, no with Steph Curry and Draymond Green, oh, no. right? And but we're gonna have an even better Kawhi right. and a more cohesive unit. We've got a you know a lockdown boy. Their defense when they you know see both teams when they needed it. They defended really well. Real, I mean, watching Kawhi, and I think I, he's overhandling the ball. He's trying too hard. He's a great player. He had 37 last night, for gosh sakes. Yeah. He's great. But, you know, sometimes I see him and I, they clear out for him, and he's got two big, tough defenders. He's got Iguodala, and he's got Durant on him, like with long arms, you know. Speaking of Durant, uh, who was ridiculous, I was screaming at him. I know, two threes he's so down good. Because we had that game, right, in regulation, and then all of a sudden Durant hits the three, and it's like, okay. And then he hits that other three from yep. the corner. So I'm thinking, he's playing like like something is uh, pushing him to another level, like playoff mode. And, and I wanted to blame Drake. I feel like the Drake, when he goes at other... And, and it's friendly that he You're going to blame them. this on Drake. Yeah, I'm going to blame it on Drake. Drake is antagonizing these guys, and it, it's, it becomes personal. Like, this isn't just a regular season game. Spike now. Lee and Reggie Miller? Yeah. Yeah, like that. Except that was a playoff game, right? It was a playoff game. Right? Oh, that had been, yeah. been going on. No, no, that had oh, yeah, been going but forever. on well yeah, yeah. before that. Well, they made a whole 30 for yeah. 30 doc about that. That's yeah, right. that, that had been going on well before that. I mean, yeah. look, if you've ever been near courtside, and you hear the jabbering that goes on, are you kidding me? So what do you think went down? Because Here's uh, what went down. Here's what, here's what went down. This is my feeling from what, the way I've, and I've pieced it together like a mystery. <laughs> At halftime... When Durant, and remember, they walk right by Drake. The, the visiting team walks right by Drake on their way to the locker room. Okay? Yeah. Right by him. They know who he is. For all I know, Katie is listening to all of his stuff. And why wouldn't he? He's a great Drake musician. Drake has name dropped, dropped Katie. Many times. I, you know, right. so come on. He knows he now. So Drake's like, oh, yeah, we're going to take you guys. To, bet you won't. And then as they go by, they make some kind of a bet. And I don't know what Drake offered. I don't know what Drake said. I'll bet you. You know, whatever, a, a ca not a cash amount because they both got enough. Money. Um, whatever it was, uh, and then and then he said, "But you got to give me your game worn jersey for my charity or something." At kind of center like court, at after center your court, loss. no, no, this right at center court after the loss. As soon as the game's over, that's the bet. And uh, there was a. Did you see the nipple tweak? No, you didn't see that. <laughs> no, so what happened was, I guess instead of shaking hands or pinky swearing or whatever, I guess uh, you know. It, in, in their culture, I wouldn't know. Um, you know, if you tweak the guy's nipple, that means the bet is on. So he tweaked his nipple. He gave him a purple <laughs> nipple as he walked by at halftime. And then as soon as the game was over, you saw he just stripped, gave him the jersey, and, and you know, barebacked and, and, and ran to the locker room. So, right. so Drake, you know, okay, if it worked, if it got the Raptors a victory, great. But you don't like this idea. You, you, I feel it... Uh Undermines the team. Yeah, let the let the let, guys like what let, are the tour tour tour. Let the sleeping giant sleep. Like let yeah, you know let sleeping dogs lie. <laughs> right, that's from yeah, that's a good one. And mixed, by the way, I like uh, your mixed metaphors. <laughs> uh, the, we could do a nipple twist at the beginning of every episode. Would, look, uh, would you be advert? Look, if I said to you, okay, KD listens to Toronto Mike's podcast, I'm your, sure he does. your podcast. You're not sure, but maybe he did. Maybe ah. when he came to Toronto, he's like, I got to get to know a little bit more about Toronto. What's, what's, what's going on in Toronto? And he happened to hear you know, whatever, whichever episode he listened to. And he said, you know, Mike, I, I, 
I kind of like the podcast, but you know, would you mind if I gave you a little nipple tweak? Would you be averse to that? As long as I get a little warning, yeah. uh, I'd be fine with that. I'd be fine with it too. Good. We agree on that. <laughs> uh, I like Coach Nick Nurse. I like the fact that the uh, TNT crew and a lot of people wore their, um, and uh, <laughs> Jack and Matt wore their, um, their outlandish jackets. Uh, because Craig Seger, who passed away recently of leukemia, who was just a big star in the NBA, and he really helped. I think he helped grow the league, too, on TNT. Good guy. I knew him when he worked for CNN. And speaking of taking shirts off, Craig Seger one day on a hot, this is an aside, the late Craig Seger. Um, he worked for CNN Sports. Nick Charles, Fred Hickman, Craig Sager, Terry Chick. I mean, all the, we watched all these guys because they were this on This is before Vanner Wright. This was before Vanner Wright. okay? This was in the 80s. Right. And I was working for Global, so we used to watch the CNN show at 2.30 a.m. They were on at the same time as us at 11.30. A lot right. of people in Canada didn't get CNN at that time, but CNN... Um, or maybe they, they, maybe, maybe they got it in headline. Maybe I, they got headline news. Maybe they got CNN headline news. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So people would watch... Fred Hickman and Nick Charles, or they would watch me and Jim, or they'd flip them back. I don't know. Um, but they also had a 2.30 edition of the show with all the updated West Coast scores. So anyway, yeah. um, Sager is a reporter for CNN at the time. We're in Lakeland, Florida. It's 1,000 degrees. And all the CNN guys had to wear their shirts and ties because they're reporting from the field, and you got to wear your shirt and tie. We could wear casual stuff on Sportsline. What do we care? So it's blazing hot. I'm interviewing Lou Whitaker of the Detroit Tigers, and I see Craig Sager take take the tie because it's hot, and he's he just he's just finished a stand up, and he takes off the tie, and you can see him gritting his teeth. It's hot, and then he just sort of without, and he takes he unbuttons the um, cuffs of his long his white dress shirt, and he unbuttons the entire white dress shirt, and he takes the dress shirt off, and he kind of tosses it to the to his um, producer or whatever, and he's standing there wearing uh, slacks dress shoes, no shirt, and he's pretty cut. You know, this is a long time ago. I'm going to say he was in his, I don't know, maybe early 30s at the time, maybe 30, I don't know. And he's, he's in good shape. And I'm going, and I, I just remember, and Lou Whitaker looks at me and he goes, there you go, CNN, no shirts. <laughs> just like that. It was Anyway, uh, so that's a great Do you think Nick Nurse's uh, tribute, the jacket, do you think that it. came out of his personal collection? No, no, I think he went to Malabar's or something like that and he got it. No, I don't think he's got that in the personal collection. And Jack Armstrong's wearing a shirt that he, uh, a jacket he borrowed from Don Cherry. I saw that. Cherry's on. Yeah, anyway, cool. that was great. That was really great. Kawhi, by the way, yeah, the 37 for Kawhi. And don't get me wrong, I love watching this guy. He's so confident that even if he misses, it's like, give me the ball back, man. I'm going to shoot it again. He has no hesitation. He's a gunslinger, and he's, he takes a lot of abuse. How, how tall do you think he is? He's like 6'6". Six, six. He's got those big hands, eh? He's got, he does. He just, I'm looking at him and going, he's not, he's not tall. He's not. I think his hands are like disproportionate to his. Like, so oh, he has, yeah. Uh, the, he has the, like, the hands of a 7'5 oh, like, guy. Gosh, <laughs> I love watching but him play. Can I ask you about, uh, before we leave the Drake versus Durant uh, Oh, yes, yesterday, I'm sorry, the nipple like, twist. Uh, do you think that it gets to a point where, you know, Durant, for example, yeah. now he's won a title, and uh, he's, I think he's the second best player in the league. That's he's what awesome. I think. He's awesome. But uh, do you think that it can get boring when you go to Toronto for a game and that basically the bet is just something to spice it up so yep. you can get kind of uh, engaged? I think so. I used to have a real gambling problem, and a lot of it has to do. A lot of it's the male ego, but a lot of it is, yeah, you you know, um, like when, when I was working at Global and even before that, people always wanted to know what my picks were for NFL. It was always the NFL stuff first. Right. This is way before ProLine. Right. Every Sunday was NFL Sunday. Every office had an office pool. And uh, me and my buddies used to, you know, get together at somebody's house. Everybody, you know, it's on a different house. Or sometimes it was at the same house, my cousin's place, because he had a great bachelor pad with a big TV and a 
big sectional couch and a bunch of us, you know, we would order food in right. from, pa- from Panzers. Of course. We'd order in deli from Panzers and we'd have a poker game going and we'd, you know, NFL Sunday, right? You know, booze, drugs, uh, NFL. But we had action and we'd have side bets going on like every play, pass or run. Because it's boring without the side bets, right? But what happened was I loved sports for the pure, I loved sports. I would watch the game if I had no betting interest. But after a while, it was like, well, I don't have any... Um, interest in this particular game between these two teams, but but if I want to watch the game and hang with my buds, I got to have some interest going. So I became like a degenerate gambler. Oh, like wow. I gamble on everything, and I would have and on Sundays, man. But you still going left, right? No, I you I still don't. gamble? No, good. No, good. Because degenerate's a bad thing to be. De- de- yeah. Degenerate anything is a bad thing to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It got really bad. It got to the and also too. Look, in those days, you couldn't. There's no pro line. So if you met, if you were to bet, you bet with a bookmaker. And that's illegal. It's against the law. And I knew. I mean, of course, I knew. The and also, if you don't pay them, you, you your kneecap gets broken. Well, if right? you don't, if you don't, yeah, if you don't pay them, you're asking for trouble for sure. You know, you don't. Uh, you know, you, you, the relationship you have with your bookie is is one based on trust. I trust that you'll pay me if you lose your bet, wow. and and vice versa. And if the other one doesn't come through, then the other party has every right to you know get their money. By whichever way they feel, you know, is uh, necessary to get the point across. So there's a bit of danger there. And I had, oh, I've had, you know, I, on, on a couple of occasions, I, I, I couldn't pay on time. Well, T- Tuesday was payday after the Monday night football game. You settle up Tuesday. Tuesday's okay. your day. You go to his house or you meet him somewhere, right? And I can tell you right now, you could walk by 20 people on the street. It could be 20 bookmakers. You would not know. They come in all shapes and sizes, all ages. All ethnic backgrounds, you wouldn't know. But what a bookmaker does is all a bookmaker does is is willing to take bets so that they have an equal amount of bets on either side of the bet. New Orleans against Atlanta, they want to have the equal amount bet on both because they get the vigorous, the 10%. So if they've got $1,000 bet on each team, they know they got $100 in their pocket because the loser has to pay a a 10% vigorous. They're not bettors. They don't bet on the games. You can't. It's like it's like if you're a drug dealer and you're smoking your own stash, I guess, right? You're so it's the same idea. Um, so yeah, I, you know, a couple of times I had, you know, not him, not him personally. He had guys that he paid, and it was not fun. And that was a, that's a very fast way to learn to you better control your gambling problem, or you're gonna have medical issues. You're gonna have health. A lot issues. of issues. You're gonna have a lot of issues. You're gonna have health issues. Um, final thing, Kyle Lowry uh, in the post game interview with uh, Kate Burness says uh, it's just another game on the schedule. She's going, hey, it was a big a playoff atmosphere like you, and it was. It was a, the whole city was a, was a buzz yesterday, and he's like, no, it's just another game on the schedule. And she's like, really, Kyle? No, yeah, just another game off the schedule. Come on, Kyle. Sometimes when he gets like that, I want to punch him in the head. I just want to go, come on. Stop being obstinate. Don't be like that. Judgment Day is coming for the Toronto Maple Leafs and William Nylander. Did you really think a deal was going to get done in advance of the deadline, like well in advance? Did you really think so? Are you asking me? Yeah. Yes. You did. Like when? You thought, what, three days before the deadline? Uh, two, six months, days? two months ago? Seriously. <laughs> October? You didn't think that because there's a deadline, you, you know, loser, loser um, blinks first. You know that, I right? actually thought, like, right I, I thought down Monday to the wire, we were going to get an announcement. Right down to the wire, loser blinks first. Because if either side capitulates well prior to the deadline, they are screwed. They're screwed, and now you're going to get, it's going to get personal. So, right. so it's like CBA negotiations in those lockouts. You got and, it, man. Uh, yeah. for, that's why they call it a deadline. First side to blink loses. So 5 p.m. Saturday is the deadline for Nylander to sign. If not, he becomes the first player to sit out an entire season since this deadline in December was established, which I didn't know about because nobody had threatened. Like, I couldn't think of the last guy to threaten it where, where someone came up and said, you've got to do something by December 1st. They all sign in October. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. 
Now, if this has become a distraction for the Leafs, I don't see it. Has it been evident to you? No, that's the saving grace here is that uh, our record is amazing. Yeah, oh, the poor Leafs. They lost the game. (laughs) Jeez, if only they had William Nylander. It's not been heard this year that I can think of. Um, In fact, they're like now they got Austin Matthews back. Now they're starting to look like that well-oiled machine. So now the question is this. If Nylander returns... Does this mean that reporters are going to be all over him asking why this and why that, questioning his every move on the ice, every time he gets into game shape, blah, 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 everything? Is it all going to be about Nylander or, or will they just be, will he be able to say, okay, guys, you know, here, you've got it now. Let's concentrate on the team. Is that possible? I don't think it is. I think he's going to be a distraction. I think his every move is going to be looked at. I think it's going to take away from, I'm not going to say the team's going to lose games because of it, but the focus should not be on William Nylander. You don't want to upset the chemistry on this team. But this is a business. And the so-called experts that have inside information, and I don't think anybody has any insight. I think it's all 100%. They do not know what's going on here. They do know this. It's a standoff. And neither side's going to blink until the absolute last minute. And there is no inside information. Nothing has been leaked. It's been tight. I was talking to a, uh, a you know a mainstream media insider, hockey insider yesterday. Yes, and, uh, mainstream can, media hockey. Insider. I can tell you, like on the Rogers side, uh, the zero leaks. Like there's, no, there's the none. And, Nobody. And Bob McKenzie doesn't know. They and, don't know. Uh, Elliot Friedman, Friedman doesn't, doesn't know. know. They're speculating. <laughs> Jeff Merrick doesn't know. And I think we can all speculate by this that if and if and when he comes back, it's he's not going to be. It's not going to be on a long term deal with this team. They're going to trade this guy. They're going to trade this guy because. Once Marner comes up and Matthews comes up, and I mean, it's just, they're not going to be able to afford anyway. They may as well do some smart uh, housekeeping now that they're in this situation. The only thing is that they haven't had any offers. So they're going to have to sign them and play them for the rest of the year in Toronto, I think. I don't think there's enough um, other teams that are interested right now in making a trade and giving up you know, a, a top player for William Nylander. So we agree the one thing that will not happen on Saturday is nothing. So something will happen. Either he will be signed or he will be traded. No. Uh, oh, no. Oh, I don't know. Like, no, 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 no. So sit. you think there's a possibility sure. that he can't honestly, play in the NHL this year? Do you honestly think that <laughs> if they make him sit the rest of the season, what, how much skin is it off Toronto's bum? Nothing. Well, he, and I he has no. He's oh, a, wait, no, no. He's still a Leaf property. Our fourth best He's forward. still a Leaf property. <laughs> yeah. He's, yeah. Let yeah. him sit. Let him sit. That's you can argue, by the way, you can now Let argue that Nylander is the Maple Leafs' sixth best player. You can make that 15th argument. best player right now. <laughs> Connor Brown is a better player than Nylander. We, I don't know what Nylander, Nylander might be horrible now. Can you, look, think about this. No matter when he comes back, but if he comes back now, what if he just looks like shit? What if he's just horrible? And now uh, the pressure's on him, and he can't get a 15 games, no goal for Nylander. And you're thinking, league. there's that second defenseman we could add anyway. After Wednesday's game where Toronto beat uh, San Jose 5-3, Carlson, Eric Carlson, who I'd forgotten plays for San Jose. Guy's been invisible as far as I'm concerned. All this hype about Eric Carlson. But now I realize... Because that kid on Ottawa has been lights out. Shabbat? Yeah. That's a big reason. Shabbat, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, So now, yeah, that's right. Carlson plays for San Jose. I never forgot. Wasn't much of a factor. And now I realize it's because he's going back to Ottawa. He's got a game Saturday afternoon in Ottawa. It's his return to Ottawa after, like, what, a couple of months? Like, because it, it's early in the season. It's not like they have to wait till February. He's back now. It's a Saturday afternoon. So, after the game, reporters wanted to talk to Eric Carlson. Toronto reporters that were covering Toronto San Jose wanted to talk to Eric Carlson. What do you, what do you think they wanted to ask him? I <laughs> think they wanted to ask him if he's looking forward to blueberry pie when he goes back to Bytown? No. Right? So, 
Ken Campbell, who works for the Hockey News, excellent reporter, smart guy, veteran guy. As, as Carlson walks in, he says, well, Eric, the time is nigh for your big game in Ottawa. And Carlson just turns and walks right out. And now on social media, everyone's, oh, what kind of a dumb question was that? No wonder he walked away. Blah, 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 blah. No, and, and then they were also saying stuff like, oh, no, the media, the media was told that they can't ask questions like that, which is bullshit. The media would never stand. You cannot say no questions about something. You, you can't do that, okay? You're, you're open. You're, sorry. Only Fox News can do that. You can't uh, say, I'm sorry, no questions about this <laughs> or that. Right. I'm, we're talking about sports here. So anyway, so anyway, Ken Campbell decided in his blog, after being ripped on social media, asking stupid questions or whatever, here's what he says. Um, he says that the Sharks, uh, uh, after the loss, several members of the media put in a request to the Sharks media relations staff to speak with Eric Carlson, a player who originally was not being made available for, for, by the Sharks for a post-game interview. So I, I guess Thornton was available or Burns was available or whatever the case was, um, Logan Couture, but not Carlson because he didn't play a very good game. So what happened is this is standard procedure. You ask if somebody, if four guys are coming out and you ask for a certain guy, they asked for Carlson. And the Sharks media, uh, he says, the Sharks brought out four players to be interviewed. And those of us who requested Carlson were told he was receiving treatment and would be coming out to speak after that. As the media began to filter out of the room, there were four of us left. At no time were we told that broaching the subject of Carlson's return to Ottawa would be off limits. Carlson was asked one question about his return to Ottawa, which was by Ken Campbell, and promptly left the scrum. The Sharks media relations people had no idea that he was going to respond to the question that way. So he's clearing this up, and he, now he goes on to say, for those who are weighing in on social media about it, let's get a couple of things straight. First, it was a completely fair question. Whether it came on the heels of a tough loss or not, Carlson had to know it was going to come up. He had to know that he had the opportunity to, A, either tell his handlers the questions would be off-limits in advance, or B, simply decline to answer the question. Many have opined that it would have been more appropriate to ask him about uh, um, uh, the recently completed game, with all due respect, that's not the story. Ottawa was his home for 11 years. It was a place he never wanted to leave. He did so amidst a tsunami of controversy. His feelings on returning there for the first time is the story. Mike, true or false? Legitimate question? Oh, my gosh, yeah. Like, you interview people for a living, right? Uh, I interview people as well all the time. And you have to ask, That's the number one question with a bullet. That's uh, right. got to so be everyone. Asked. No one wanted to know anything else. I can't believe else. he got flack for right. asking that oh, question. Oh, he got it for the way he asked it, you know. Oh like, no! Like Shakespearean people style, are uh, eager to be outraged. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Exactly. I would have asked the same question. It's, I would. And have I would have asked question. it. I may not have quoted Shakespeare or whatever that was. Is that from the end? Is nigh? I use that expression the end is all the time. What's so that from? Is that the Three Musketeers? I don't know. The end is not. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> it but it's a good English, one. Yeah. If he would have gone, alas, poor Yorick, I knew him well, Mister Carlson. <laughs> but anyway, so what? I mean, all Eric Carlson had to do was say, "I'm not answering that question." Right. But but to walk out, or, you know what? Why not answer the darn answer question? Like, question? What, are you, what are you hiding from? All right, good. Your, so anyway, yeah, that's a, no, hundred percent. So anybody, and anyone who goes, it's a fair question. question. You go try. If your job is to get the truth, and you want to ask right. the question that the fans want the answers to, that you know that everyone watching, you listening, wants you to ask that question through them. Right. They're living vicariously through you. Right, Eric, are you looking for? Give me something. Could yes, I'm imagine? looking forward to it. No, I'm not looking forward to it. Yeah. Yes, I'm looking to home cooking. He could have. He could have. He could have diffused the situation by saying, "Yeah, I can't I'm, wait to see my old." Teammates I can't or wait to go. I can't wait to go to Cafe Mezzanotte in Bytown. Right. And go there and have the pasta there. And I'm giving a shout out to my buddy Tony. Who <laughs> Cafe but I'm just saying that's 
Anyway, so there you go. Listen, can you imagine having an audience with Carlson on that day and not asking that question? That's conspicuous exactly. guy's absence. You have to. So there, so, so you idiots on social media who are giving him a hard time, don't do that. There's idiots everywhere. Okay, uh, Blue Jays, I've got, uh, they've got a deadline too. They've got to uh, offer contracts to guys like uh, Kevin Pillar and um, Devin Travis and, yeah, and Harvest Solarte and non-tendered, you know, or tendered. So uh, you have to offer them or they become free agents without, um, without compensation. Uh, by 8 p.m. tonight, Friday. So what do you think? Devin Travis. You offer this guy a contract? Mike, Devin Travis? I don't know. I, that's a good a question. Well, it's uh, yes or no. You offer him or you don't. I say yes. Why? Why not? <laughs> no, 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 no. You're uh, misunderstanding. Where uh, do you see man, him playing next year? What uh, position is he going to play? Uh, he's going to play second base. For Really, he is, huh? I got him as the third or fourth string second baseman. How about you? Well, this is why I want to hear what, what Hebsey thinks of this, because right. uh, no. I don't the know the depth no. chart no. here. No, no. I'm okay. sorry, Kat. He's 27. He, uh, he, ever since he's been injured and he's injury prone, he uh, doesn't have the power anymore. He's so not I got the wrong player. answer. I, don't, I wouldn't keep him. <laughs> I would keep, uh, I would keep uh, Urania before him, and I would certainly keep um, you know, the, uh, the um, Lourdes Guriel, who might end up being second base if Tulo ends up you know, after being off for three years, you know, is healthy for a while. You can never but anyway, have enough good, uh, but anyway, yeah, you got to have some good corner guys, and you're going to have Brandon Drury. You could also probably play there in a pinch. No, you don't. The other one's Kevin Pilar. Yeah, that's a good one too. Uh, Boy, are you just so so? Committed. Yeah, these are, I know. It's really. I know. I you know why I've been so blessed with Leafs and Raptors, and uh, I haven't even thought of the Jays in a while. So uh, I think you have to in Pilar's case, yeah. but I think he's eminently tradable oh, if good. a team wants a fourth outfielder because his. But like I, Russell Randall, Martin's tradable, where you end up. Well, no, no, the but Russell, yeah, but Russell Martin's got a massive contract here, where Kevin Pillar wasn't making much money at all. And really, do you see Kevin Pillar at twenty nine or thirty being the guy, or has he reached his peak? And do we we pretty much know what we have with Kevin Pillar, right? Right. Okay. Um, all right. Now I'm very <laughs> pleased to announce that the Blue Jays have put out their schedule for next year. I mean, the schedule has been out for a, a little while, but they now have all their promotional dates set. Now I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, I loved seeing having the Shoppers Drug Mart calendar yep. with all the promotional days on it. Junior Day. Well, this was before Junior Jays Day, but right. this is what they used to have when I was a kid. Tell me. Bat Day. Catelli Bat Day. Catelli Bat Day. Cap Day. Yeah. Helmet Day. I remember Helmet Day. Helmet Day and Cap Day and Bat Day, of which they don't have those anymore. Do you remember Mr. Sub? Uh, sure. Sports Bat I have Day. one around Absolutely. the corner. Absolutely. All those great those days. Those were the best. Yeah, yeah, they were great. So so I look forward to that. Because, sea Cushion Day. Do right. you remember Sea Cushion? Sea Cushion Day, sure. Tons of them. But in those days, if I'm not mistaken, the first 20,000 fans, now they've reduced it to the first 15,000 fans this year. I noticed that. That's first of all. That's number one. It's like, look, we can't afford the other 5,000. And it's got to be a nice round number, as you know, Mike. God forbid they should say the first 17,255 fans. <laughs> Just get everybody all screwed up, right? So it's like, let's reduce it by five. Let's reduce it by 25%. Make you line up nice and early. Yeah, let's reduce it by 25%. And there's only one bobblehead day. The other days are going to be, the other days they're going to honor the Marcus Strowmans or the George Bells, but not, they've kind of gone through the bobbleheads. Like, oh, geez, we've done a bobblehead for everybody. Have they done the Gibby bobblehead? I, I don't know. All I, I know is all I know is they're going to do a Lourdes Guriel Jr. bobblehead early in the year. But anyway, I digress. So okay. I can't give you all the dates here. You're going to have sure. to download it, whatever. But as a public service to Blue Jay fans, I'm going to tell you that um, every every Tuesday, the first Tuesday of every month is Looney Dogs Night. Okay, <laughs> I'm not going to name. I'm not going to mention the sponsor because they don't sponsor this show. But they make hot dogs, and for a buck on Tuesdays. Okay, this is going to draw people to the games. One dollar. 
for a delicious hot, hopefully a delicious hot dog. It includes the bun. Those a are bun. IKEA prices. So that's that's right. So that's and it's not it's not <laughs> IKEA hot dog night anyway. And stop mentioning sponsors that don't sponsor the show, even organically. Um, so first Tuesday of every month. So I'm gonna I'm looking at the schedule. I'm going first Tuesday of every. Yeah, it looks great. Uh, Friday, September thirteenth. Oh, Friday the thirteenth, Mike. Zombie night at the ballpark. Makes sense. First fifteen thousand vans get a zombie giveaway. Now I don't know what a zombie giveaway is, but I'm going, and I think I might dress up. Interesting. I think I might dress up because that sounds like fun. Don't forget photos on your Twitter. Uh, Halloween, a kind of Halloween comes early, but it's Friday the thirteenth, so that's a good one. Uh, April twenty fourth is the Guriel bobblehead. Uh, question is, where will he be playing? Will he be playing second base and and. You know, what's his face? Tulo be shortstop. Anyway, first 15,000 fans. That's April 24th. Friday, July 5th, Mike, you and I are going to go. We're going to take all the kids. Uh, George Bell, powder blue, replica jersey giveaway night. Let's do it. 15, first 15,000 fans. You're going to bring your kids too? Well, my kids, I don't know. My kids, my kids aren't kids. Because that's between us. We got my, my, six kids kids, right? my kids aren't kids. Well, between us, we got more than that. Because anyway, but we'll talk about that in another time. That's, that's for, that's for that's another insane. episode of the show. Anyway, I think it's great. I mean, this is where I circle my calendar. These are the ones. You got your junior day, Jays, and you got your, you know, sponsored by the big sponsors and the whole thing like that, you know. Um, by the way, if you know anybody that runs a business that likes Toronto sports and thinks that they might be a good fit on the show, uh, drop me a line, uh, um, you know, at Hebsey Man or, you know, through the website, uh, HebseyOnSports.com. Because, like, you know, going to, like, these big companies, they go, well, we spend millions of dollars here. What's a podcast or something like that? It's, uh, you know, you just sort of never know. Small businesses are... You, a lot of ways, the ones, they can't afford the big radio or TV or, you know, marketing kind of a thing. And maybe this is right in there. So if you know someone, uh, let me know. Because uh, one night, because I think next year, 2020, we're going to have Hevzy on 2019. Sports. 2019. No, no, no. Oh. The year after that. Okay. Okay, the following year on the Blue Jays calendar, we're gonna have uh, oh. HebsyOnSports.com giveaway night. I'm with you now. We're gonna have. We're gonna. Have I thought you forgot what year it was. We're gonna have giveaway <laughs> night. We're gonna. I'm telling you, where is it gonna be a Hebsy bobblehead? We might get a Toronto Mike bobblehead. It, well, since happening. we're addressing listeners, there must be a Hebsy fan who loves this show. Seen the results? We were the number one uh, sports podcast in the country. Yeah, uh, those bastards at 31 Thoughts though. But they got. You know what? They've got a big motor company that sponsors their show. They got it. One of the big. Although they're, the leave, they're leaving, uh, not I that. Well, you oh, can't. Okay, don't mention their initials. Okay. But anyway, they got a big motor company that sponsors their show. We don't have a big motor company. Well, here we don't even have a used, somebody. We don't even have a used now, car lot that sponsors. Somebody the show. out there now loves the show. Is a Hebsey fan and wants. Uh, it has a marketing budget. It, contact Hebsey. It probably costs less than you'd think. Uh, and oh, align yeah. yourself with this brand. And Hebsey, right. this show could be brought to you by name your company. Yeah, folks, if it's true, you know, you're not paying anything for the content. We hope it's good. But it's cost you nothing. So, yeah, you know um, you know how it works. I don't have to explain it to you. And if you know somebody who has a marketing budget, tell them to sponsor Hebsey on yeah. Sports and contact we'll Hebsey. We'll work out detail. a deal. You know, we'll work out a deal. Um, trivia answer brought to you by oh. Pantsers Original Deli. This is their last, uh, last podcast for a while. I, I... Oh, because you're going to well, uh, no, you England. Know, no, no, you see, yeah. What's you know, December's kind of one of those months where, you know, you know, people go, like, there's Christmas parties, there's Hanukkah parties, there's people leave work early, you know, uh, there's all that kind of thing in December. They kind of, so yeah, we're, you know, I'm going to It's eight. irresponsible to take a day off when the Leafs and Raptors are both vying oh, for number God. one in the uh, yeah, league. I think they can do without me. So I'm going to England. I'm going to England. I'm going to see two soccer matches in England and who knows what else on the continent. I don't so know. no Hebsy on sports next week. Well, your next week is, uh, is, what kind of a term is that for someone? You you don't know when someone's listening. Like I don't know when you're. Well, listening this is to this. all uh, right. We're doing this. Uh, this is a Friday morning, and so yeah, next week, first I'll, week I'll of away. December. There you go. But 
don't, but don't worry about that. You're don't don't rob Hebsey. There's plenty of quality time. here. Now, where was I? Trivia answer brought to you by Panthers Original Deli. Only two players in NBA history have won the scoring title and the assist title in the same season. Name them and the teams they played for. Mike. Uh, I'm sure I'm wrong because these are too obvious. Don't say that. You see, uh, when you're negative, Os- people tune out as soon as they hear that. Oh, the boy, boy, Mike. I'm going with I'm sure uh, I'm wrong. Oscar Robertson and uh, Michael Jordan. Wow, you got one out of the two. You got one out of the two. Oscar Robertson's correct. What team did he play for? I, you know why I guessed Oscar Robertson? No. Because he once uh, averaged a triple-double. Correct. And that's like why I did the uh, like deductive career. logic. He did it for but his career. Jordan's wrong, eh? Yeah. Who, who uh, Jordan did not lead the league in assists. Um, so anyway, who did Oscar Robertson play for? What team did he play oh for? Oh, my God. Uh, that's a, it's before my time. So you I like could, that question, I think huh? of the history This is a, this a four-pronged question. It's the two guys and the teams they played for. Who I'm going to give you a hint. The, I, the other guy played for the exact same uh, franchise. Played for the same franchise as Oscar Robertson played for. Oscar Robertson played for a team that started. Okay, so I didn't, listen, Akeem Olaj. No, Akeem. No, you're just grasping say, at straws uh, now. Houston Rockets. No, no, you're just grasping at straws. I don't know. Now. You're grasping at straws now. Okay. I always look bad. I look bad with Oscar that, Robertson uh, played Carolina for a team last that were originally. You know, the NBA originally was a bunch of teams in the Northeast, eh? Syracuse, Rochester, stuff like that. So anyway, the original team was the Rochester Royals. Where did they move to? Cincinnati. That's where Oscar Robertson played. Cincinnati. Got it? The Cincinnati Royals in 1967-68. Well, the Cincinnati Royals, a few years later, they left Cincinnati. Where did they move to? Seattle. No, Kansas City and Omaha. You see, Kansas City couldn't handle a team by themselves. They just weren't a big enough market. Where Cincinnati failed, not that Cincinnati was a big market, they went to Kansas City, and what happened was Kansas City did the same thing with their team as the Buffalo Braves did with Toronto except the Buffalo Braves didn't call themselves the Tor Buff Braves or the Buff Tor Braves. They were the Buffalo Braves. They played about 12 or 15 games in Toronto. The same year, the Kansas City um, Royals, before the, right? This was uh, around the same time as the baseball team. The Kansas City Omaha Kings, they were called. They changed their name from the Royals to the Kings. They were the KC Omaha Kings. And they had a guy named Tiny Archibald, Nate Tiny Archibald, little left-hander who led the league in scoring and assists the same year in 72-73. I would never have got that. Right. So <laughs> Oscar Robertson for the Cincinnati Royals in 67-68, and the same franchise, the Kansas City Omaha Kings, produced Tiny Archibald in 72-73. Congratulations, and thanks to uh, Panthers for sponsoring the trivia questions. Go get your lot because your party trays now. 416-636-1230. Right. Now, I won't even ask about time because... It doesn't matter to me at this particular point. You're going to get an extra long, fabulous episode here because it's going to take a little bit of uh, time. Uh, have you ever um, entered a 50-50 draw? I have not. I have. Never won. Well, you're a degenerate no, no, wait. gambler. Wait, 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 wait. wait. <laughs> I shouldn't say I never won. I did win. Okay. I won once. I won about um, I won about 300 bucks. A little over 300 bucks. I'm a, also changing a, my answer. I'm sure I have draw. entered a 50 at some point. Okay. I don't remember. So anyway, um, Gordon Shrimp of West Kelowna, BC, won half the jackpot at the um, Vancouver Canucks LA Kings game a few nights ago. The jackpot was listed at $1.413 million. So this dude takes home $706,000. 706000 <laughs> According to the Canucks, the bl- jackpot is believed to be a world record for the largest 50-50 How did it get so big? Raffle. I'm glad you asked. All right. Ascend Fundraising Solutions guaranteed that the winner would receive a minimum of 500 grand. So obviously they bumped that final total way up and that's why it's a record. That's why. That's fantastic. Now, as you know, the 50-50 draw, the winner gets half, of course, and then the other half goes to local charities. 
in this case, the Canucks for Kids Fund, um, runs it, uh, and it benefits the Canucks Autism Network, uh, Canuck Place Children's Hospice, and the BC Children's Hospital Foundation. And that's wonderful. It's great because they benefit as, but really, you're going to a hockey game, a couple of beers, whatever. Uh, I'm going to buy a 50. I always do. I buy a 50 50 ticket. And the winning number is you go, uh, Sarah, 706 grand. That's a record. And the record, the record broke the record set by, uh, on the night that the Sedin twins played their final game for Vancouver uh, back on April 5th of 2018. Now, the Leafs have a 50-50 draw every game. You know what the biggest jackpot they've ever had for the winner? 50,000. 56,000. Oh, it's close. Okay, 56. That's it. But again, they don't have a big company that kicked in like, you know, a million dollars. No, do, do you consider 50-50 draws gambling? Yeah, not in its purest form. Not, and, uh, not the same. Not the same as buying. I mean, lot, yeah, buying a lottery ticket is gambling, right? If it it could be degenerate gambling if you spent all your money on lottery tickets. So I just wondered me, if it's a so, slippery slope. So, like, well, it, of course it is. Like, could I go? Like, I could. Could I go to a casino? No, I could not go to a casino. Could I go with someone, and with only forty dollars in my pocket, and say, "I'm it's my entertainment for the night. I don't want to go to this concert." You go and spend the forty or fifty or hundred dollars at the concert. I'm going to take the money and I'm going to go have some fun. But I'm not going to, if I lose the money, I'm not going to go and uh, empty my bank account. I don't know if I'm capable of doing that. I'd like to think that I could, but I could certainly buy a 50-50 ticket and not consider it to be, not the kind of gambling I used to do anyway. Certainly not that. All right, um, concussions. Listen, uh, I'm going through these old, I did, I think you know this, I, for years and years, I, when I ran into famous people in sports or, or anywhere, I would always try to get their thoughts on tape uh, record them either you know with a tv camera whatever the device was because you know when you get somebody at their best and you're asking them cool stuff like do you remember your first game or do you remember what it was like you know before you became famous stuff like that they all remember vividly so i have hundreds and hundreds of interviews and i was going through them for the purpose of this show and i found one with a guy named dave duerson now i don't know if you remember dave duerson he was on the chicago bears 85 super bowl shuffle a terrific defensive back strong safety four-time pro bowler extremely bright um notre dame and harvard educated bright extremely articulate i got a chance to play golf with him once at the fergie jenkins golf tournament in the early 2000s i'm thinking i'm thinking it's 2002 but anyway he had just retired um and several years later he um he killed himself he had been you know whacked over the head too many times in football um, and he um, he committed suicide. But, CTE. Well, they weren't they weren't sure. But what he did was he knew that there was something wrong with him. He knew, and so he asked if his brain could be donated for um, to science for for um, research. Right. Anyway, his family now uh, has put they try to put through a bill called the Dave Duerson Act in the Illinois State Legislature because they want to ban tackling for um, kids under the age of twelve. There's too many head injuries. There's too many concussions. There's too many links of repeated blows to the head, uh, especially at a young age, uh, with a, a brain that's still developing. So anyway, um, it, it, uh, it didn't get through the legislature. Guys like Brett Favre are really trying to do their absolute best to um, you know, keep this, this issue um, front and center. And when you watch NFL games, and I see I blame myself for a lot of this, Mike. I glorified hard hits on the Hebsey Awards. Glorified them. Ooh, look at how hard he hit him. Ooh, look at these guys fight. Knocked them silly. He's on Queer Street. All that stuff. Punch drunk. Yeah. 
So I blame myself for a lot of this. I was part of the problem. And now I see what the results are. And so I found this interview I did with Dave Duerson, a glib, articulate, intelligent, funny guy. Uh, and about seven or eight years later, he committed suicide. So um, listen to this interview. Uh, and and um, yeah, this guy, this was really something. I, I found it and, you know, I don't know, if, you know, I don't know if I would ever brought out had I not been so concerned about you know, the future of youth and the fact that his family is trying to continue with his legacy by warning the parents of young kids. Would you let your kid play tackle football? Would you? I would try to talk him out of it or, or her out of it. I guess there's no tackle of the girls, but uh, yeah. yeah, I'd try to talk him out of it. Yeah. Okay, here's the interview with, um, with uh, Dave Durson and his thoughtful and uh, somewhat foreboding words. I'm here with uh, Dave Duerson, a member of the uh, Bears championship team in 80, I guess it would have been January of 86. Right. That awesome squad, the Super Bowl shuffle and all that. Do you, do you still get stopped in the streets and saying, hey, you know, that was the greatest team? Because a lot of people who weren't maybe into football or weren't Chicago fans felt an affinity to the Bears for that year. Well, you know, it was a special year, not only for us, but I think entirely for uh, for the world in a large respect, you know, because there were a number of uh, of uh, countries uh, around the world, you know, where the Super Bowl game was uh, was televised. But uh, without question, you know, pretty much wherever I go, and I wear my ring most of the time, uh, you know, we hear nothing but superlatives about our 85 team, particularly our defense. Uh, but more times than not, people think I'm Mike Singletary. But, uh, <laughs> but, you know, but that's not a bad comparison. You know, I'll take that all day long. Um, I want you to tell me, if you can, about uh, the late Walter Payton and what he meant to that Bears team, I mean, especially when you joined the team I mean, as a youngster. Uh, was, he a, uh, was he as great a guy as they say? Well, you know, you don't get a name like Sweetness unless you're great, unless you're a great individual, and um, you know certainly that spoke to the individual as much as it did to his play on the field. And Walter was a guy who simply loved life. You know, he lived life to the fullest. Uh, he was a jokester. You know, he he always gave out hugs. You know, you always had to watch your back with Walter because he was a practical joker. And uh, you know that's the thing we miss the most is that you know he demonstrated to everyone that you've got to love every moment that you're here and and love everyone for that matter. And, uh, you know, I think that more so than anything we will miss. But likewise, he was a great leader. And, um, you know, he was the reason that the Bears were the Bears. You know, back during the tough times, the lean times when he got there in 76, you know, Walter was about the only thing the Bears had. But uh, here was a guy who would give you second and third effort on every play. And he did that all the way up throughout his career and even with his uh, fight up until his death. Can you think of one particular practical joke that was that Walter pulled that was one of the best? Well, the one he pulled on me, um, my uh, first year in the Pro Bowl, which was uh, was January of, nine, of uh, 86, right after our Super Bowl, um, what Walter does to all the rookies is he goes into the locker room before, you, uh, before we arrive at the stadium, and he puts um, unscented liquid heat on our jocks. And um, so he got me big time uh, as we got to practice, and I'm prancing around with my <laughs> gear on, and thinking that I'm big man on campus now that I'm a pro bowler, all of a sudden things started to heat up and I couldn't, couldn't understand why. And I'm sweating from the top of my head all the way down to the balls of my feet. And uh, certainly because Walter Payton had put a little something extra in my job. <laughs> Who's the toughest guy you had to come up with? Um, maybe you looked at the schedule and said, oh, geez, I got to take on so-and-so. Well, the, the one guy that uh, defensively we hated to play against was Barry Sanders. And that was particularly true on AstroTurf or, you know, playing them in the Silver Dome in Detroit. Uh, Barry was something special. Uh, great running back. And, uh, of course, we're sorry to see him retire. One final thing, Dave Duerson. Do you recall your first day at a Bears training camp, first time you put on a Bears uniform and said, man, I'm, I'm in the pros? 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this team. Was there one particular incident that really stands out? Uh, it, it wasn't until the very first game against Tampa Bay um, that rookie season, once the preseason was over. Because up until then, you know, I, you just never knew. Uh, you're looking over your shoulder every minute, every day. And Buddy Ryan has a way with rookies that keeps you on edge. So I, I never was in my comfort zone. Mm. And, uh, you know, I would say that throughout most of my career, I maintained that uh, that little bit of an edge because, you know, we all knew that you're only as good as your last play. So, you know, that's the crazy thing about pro sports. Uh, you're here today, but gone tomorrow. Wow. Here today, but gone tomorrow. So anyway, he killed himself at the age of 50. So when I played golf with him, so he's, I don't know, he's about 43 or so. We spent the, we spent the afternoon together. You spend five, six hours with someone, sit at the same table with them at dinner. You get to know someone pretty well. And so, yeah, Dave Dewerson, Chicago Bears, my favorite team. And that's 85 team, Walter Payton. They did a video called the, Sh- the Super Bowl Shuffle with William the Refrigerator Perry. Of course, yes. And, and, and as Dave mentions there, that's when <clears throat> there was a noticeable spike in the popularity of the Super Bowl worldwide. Prior to that, the people involved were kind of, you know, they weren't personalities. The NFL was a pretty low-key kind of a thing. And right around then was when they it started to show some personality. Yeah, Jim McMahon, and uh, I remember the right. bandana, and uh, yeah, yeah. The, the fridge, and you're right. Yeah, uh, yeah. That was a very exciting uh, team, for sure. Okay, so I'm a bit emotionally um, verklempt uh, with that. You know, I have I went through a lot. You know, I found an interview with Maurice the Rocket, Richard, a lot of guys who have passed away, and Johnny Bauer, stuff like that. And I think when Stan Makita passed away, we ran a clip from that. I kind of feel odd with that because the, the man's passed away. But when he did that interview, he was at his best. And you, that's what I wanted to capture. Those are good stories. It doesn't matter when it happened. It doesn't matter that that person's not here. But to try to, you know, but sometimes to try to interview someone that's, you know, a little on in years or whatever their condition is, you maybe don't get the best out of them. You know, and it's kind of sad. But anyway. So there you go. Episode number 57 of Hebsey on Sports has come to a conclusion. Brought to you by John Vassos, the mortgage expert. Even if your credit score is low, you can still get a mortgage or even a second mortgage. Contact John. He'll answer all your questions. John.Vassos, that's V-A-S-S-O-S, at mortgagescout.ca. My thanks, as always, to Toronto Mike for production and inspiration. Hit him up at Toronto Mike. And a reminder, please tell your friends about this podcast and do me a favor, write a nice review so that others can read it and join the uh, the Hebsey generation. And if you know someone who's interested in sponsoring a show like this, no, not a show like this, this exact show, <laughs> hit me up as well. Uh, you know, we, we can talk. I'm a good talker. I'm a nice guy. Also, my new book, The Greatest Athlete You've Never Heard Of, is available for pre-sale via Dundurn Press. You can get it uh, through Amazon or Chapters Indigo. It's out in February, but it would make a, can I say, a great stocking stuffer. Even though the book won't actually be there physically, it'll be like a an IOU, like a little gift certificate you can and make. And you'll up. write the IOU. I can write the IOU for it. <laughs> uh, and it's something you can look forward to during the long, cold winter. Recommended by the likes of Don Cherry, Ron McLean, Jerry Howarth, Rob Baker of the Tragically Hip, Olympic bronze medalist in the decathlon, Damian Warner, dropping more names as I get them. Check it out. It's the greatest athlete you've never heard of. Thanks for allowing us us into your heads. Thank Take three, Ebsy. Thanks for allowing us into your headspace. Really, I mean that sincerely. Back with another episode soon. Until then, so long for now.